0: We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, uh, it's great to come home, those that know me. Come back to the roots as such. And uh, and as Jeff mentioned, um, I'm uh, uh, struggling with a foot problem. No idea why all tests are coming back now. We don't know what's going on. uh, But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I believe in... Rick, learn your craft, mate. (laughs) Sorry guys, um, the, uh, but uh, I'm also here with a, uh, a concoction of wonderful, pretty potent painkillers, so I'd also like to welcome the various unicorns and Disney characters that have <laughs> popped up to join in today's message. It's great to have them here. Um, <laughs> going back to the old days, Jeff. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've, yeah, I've had my roots here. A, uh, this is where my Christian journey partly began, uh, through this, this church about uh, 12 years ago now. And, uh, one of, one of the things is with um, with our walks with Jesus you know we we've all had different situations different upbringings different environments where where we grew up we might have grown up in a good Christian household or just a, a good household or we might have broke, been brought up in a household that was broken and dysfunctional with addictive parents and abusive parents and there's so many things that go into what has tailored us and crafted us into who we are today, and the thing is, through all that and where we're living, we might we can live in a fairly safe suburb. I'm up at Buff Point; it's a it's a pretty safe suburb. But you, you go into other areas, and it's not quite so safe. And unfortunately, hey, Karen, lovely to see you, darling. Um The um, it, there's areas that you know you sort of don't want to go into. They're not particularly nice. They're not particularly nice people, and it. All those things have crafted us into living possibly in a, in, a, in a bubble of an environment where we're not actually getting out and reaching people, we're not connecting with people, we're not, um, we're not being able to fulfil God's purpose through either maybe... Can I give you this? Yeah. Do I start again? <laughs> We don't have these issues at the Father's table. We don't have a microphone. It makes it much easier. Now, um, where was I up to? Oh, the, the, the environments that we're in and, and, and what's shaped us and where we live, you know, if you're, if you're living in, in Terrigal, you might not be exposed so much to homelessness or, or drug addiction and things like that, but there, there's always people in the community that we can connect with and, and there's, there's callings on all of us to be Christians, not to just go to church. We're called to be the church if you just certain, I, you know if something's upset you a bit today well that's not my problem if you're just going to church you're not being a christian as jesus would want us to be you're still a christian you've still got a ticket but he's not you're not fulfilling what he's called us to do and we're all called to work and walk in different areas and through those upbringings it um those skills we might say help us to reach into areas that we're accustomed to but we're also called to reach into areas we're not accustomed to. It's Not everything, where we are at the Father's table, we deal with a lot of, uh, a lot of issues, mental health and addictions and things like that. So unfortunately, I'm, I'm very well equipped uh, in those areas. Because we're, we're called to be and serve and be Jesus' hands and feet. This is, you know, we're called to passionately proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. And when you mix that with with something that's close to my heart, which is the broken, I, I, I have, I'm I working off notes. I like to free-fly normally. I'm working off notes or we will be here all day. And I did reduce the 72 pages down to four and I, and I really want to get through them. Matthew 25, I'm sure we all know it. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Been there, done that, not pleasant. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. We've got to add to that nowadays all these modern problems that we have of addictions and homelessness, mental health issues, family breakdowns and just the straight out lonely. So you might live in an area that doesn't have homelessness and and doesn't have addiction issues but I can guarantee there's lonely people, guaranteed. You can be in a room full of people and be lonely there's always someone we can reach out to if we have the eyes and ears and heart of Jesus to listen and look and be willing. How do we recognise and speak into these situations without the experience? We rely on the Holy Spirit. This isn't about us. It's about him. He equips us. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I'm not qualified to preach except under the authority of God. I never thought I would be here, but many years ago, I had prayer ministry in this building by Ray Carter, and he said, Jed, one day you're going to be preaching, but you're going to be outside the box. I had a bit of a chuckle at that. I never knew how far outside the box I'd be, but uh, people call me, some of my workmates call me the most out there Christian they've ever met. But that's won them over to Christianity, because I'm just me, I'm real. I'm not putting tickets on myself. You don't have to be holy and righteous to win people to Jesus Christ. You don't have to fulfil a certain image, except that image of God's love. That's the only one we need to show people. For me, my life's experience, as I said, I'm I'm fortunate now. You know, I I was abused a lot as a child, sexually abused as a child, and and uh, going into my early teens, I started in the drug areas and. um, I witnessed a horrific accident where a friend was decapitated and another one ripped up and I had all that PTSD. In my early 20s, I took 20 euro old hypnol with half a bottle of bourbon, which should have checked me out of here. But God had a plan for my life and I, I got through that. But I'm so thankful I went through it because before that, I, I couldn't understand how anyone could be so selfish to try and take their life. Because, but once you've got the blinders on, and you stop seeing what pain you will cause and you only see your own pain I now understand that so I can have compassion for people that are in that place so I'm thankful that I tried to die but I'm also very thankful that I lived I went into major drug addiction with speed and, and things like that and everywhere I went I, I tried to get away from it and back into it and you know most a lot of people know my story I won't go right in my testimony today but severely lost most of my adult life to, to speed and uh, I'm thankful for that too because I can identify with the drug addicts. You know, I spend time sleeping under bridges and sleeping here and there and, uh, uh, you know, living in places that are unpleasant and living in fear of being taken for a boot ride and, and things like that. I'm thankful now for all of those things because I might have lost 20 years but I've gained an eternity. I've gained a purpose-driven life now through those things. You know, I I went from being on a disability pension for a lot of years because I was so messed up to I've now been working in a disability industry for 12 years. You know, the only thing I'd done for 12 years before was screw up. Now I've got a fruitful life and I lead a wonderful ministry with the most awesome team. Sorry, guys, you've probably got an awesome team, but mine's better. They're going to watch this later, so I had to just chuck that in, you know. But we love that we partner with you guys because it's one body. We're all in this together. You you might not actually be up on the hill serving the community, but you're up on the hill serving the community by being our brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you see someone in need through fear or, or, or because of past experiences? Do you walk on by? Do you cross the other side of the street? Or are you the good Samaritan that goes and helps them? If you see someone begging for money on the side of the street, do you feel stirred in your heart that you should do something but in your head you said, they're only going to buy alcohol with that or they're only going to buy cigarettes with that? That's not your call. That's not your decision to make. We are called to love and care for or and give. And one of the biggest things nowadays, even though we've got a great welfare system, things like that, people are struggling with money. Are they struggling a lot of the time because they're doing the wrong thing? Absolutely. They're lost. People aren't losers, they are lost. And we have to acknowledge that and recognise that and see and look for opportunities to just love on people, to care about people. I remember years ago in my early Christian walk, I was with my boss, non-Christian. He was walking through the tunnels in Sydney and there was a guy begging... And I went to give him some money I pulled my wallet out and I put it back in my pocket and he said, oh, I thought you were going to give him something. I said, I was, but I only had a $20 note. And he said, what difference does that make? And I had to swallow and think, what difference does that make? So I went back and gave it to him and, and, and not putting tickets on himself again, but put my hand on his shoulder and just said, Jesus loves you. I took a non-Christian to remind me of how my Christian values should be. Is unconditional and see we have people around in our lives that we, we don't like young know, people in school environments that you steer away from those kids or you, you steer away from that house in the neighborhood you, you steer away from certain areas you don't have to be friends with someone to be friendly to them sometimes all someone needs is a smile especially somebody who's down and out it's horrible I used to weigh 64 kilograms unshaved because I couldn't stand the look of myself in the the mirror. To be stared at when you went to the shops was heartbreaking. But it was a place that I couldn't get myself out of. No matter how many times I tried, I couldn't get myself out of it. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know God. I knew I was searching for something, but I didn't know what I was searching for. And that is a horrible place. You know, you try to fill this hole inside your chest... It's, it's like a complex piece of puzzle and you try and fill this emptiness and all the brokenness in drugs and alcohol and gambling and sex and more sex and maybe a bit more sex. The, uh, all those things that you just try and put in there. But it, it's an intricate piece of puzzle that until I found Jesus Christ, he slotted in perfectly and fulfilled what I was searching for. Changed my life. Absolutely. As I said, you don't have to be friends to be friendly. You don't have to like someone to love on them. There's lots of people at the park we deal with. I don't like them. Not very nice people. Not my choice to turn them away. It's up to God and for me to welcome them in. Sometimes that's pretty hard to do, you know, when you get people that are just behaving badly. Few times I've, we've, Most of the people up on the park are really well behaved and really respectful and they love that they can come there and not be judged and they can be broken and, and, and behave maybe badly one week but the next week they're just welcome back. It's all the slates white clean. We don't hold things against people. We have a chat with them and we just try and encourage them. We don't Bible bash them. We just show them, Jesus, in my brokenness and my living in the park and my life experiences... You know, when people will try and reach out to help people, if you guys are going to try and reach out to help people, you've got to be walking with the Holy Spirit. He's got to lead you. In Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's times where I lack all those, particularly self-control. Sometimes I just want to give somebody a good slap with the Bible. It's, you know, it's 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 hard at times, but we've got to go with the right spirit. You know, I remember when I was living in Tookley Caravan Park, I was down and out and desperate. And I reached out to a, a bigger charity that, that I needed some help, a, a, a Christian organisation, I'm using inverted commas because what I experienced wasn't Christian, and asked for some help and they, they gave me a time slot of, you know, they'll be there between 10 and 2, and if anyone knows Tookley Caravan Park at that time, it was a bit of a hellhole. hole. Um, they, they gave me a time of 10 till 2. Well, I, I waited as long as I could and I had to run across to the toilet block and, and run back. And as I came back, I saw these people walking out of the place. And I called them and I said, you know, were you here to see me, to get, give me a bit of support? And they said, yes, but you weren't at your caravan, so we're leaving now. I said, but I'm here now. But that's too late. You need to be at your caravan. You need to be there when I get there. And I thought that was, that was harsh. And I had to found myself not only having to be humiliated asking for help, I had to beg for them to still help me. But there was nothing on what came next when the lady looked me up and down and said, I have no idea why we have to come to places like this and people, deal with people like this. Christians made me feel so low. You know, there was a violence in that caravan park. I could put up with people being bashed. I could put up with being living in fear and things like that. But when you have somebody who comes in there and, and supposedly walking in the name of God, that makes you feel more of an outcast, you're hurting people. And it's if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you don't have the heart of Jesus, we're not a, the Christianity's not about getting the badge. Or it's not the girl guides. It's not the, the brownies or the scouts. We're not here to get our, our community service badge. You've got your ticket... Do something with it and do it right and do it nice. Now, do we always get it right? No. I've absolutely gotten things wrong in my walk with the Christian ministry up the Father's table. At times I've, I've responded badly or, or not said the right thing or walked away regretting something. We're not perfect. We're Christians. So that was a damaging thing in the church. But, but I'm, I can tell you after most of my life lost, and back in 2007, 2008, I ended up in Tookley Third Wall Theme Park, I call it, in Tookley Caravan Park. It, it was a, a, a hot pot, I tell you what. Um, but I can tell you that, that, that at that time, my salvation, I was desperately lost, and I can tell you, except for, for God's intervention, I'd be dead now, I can guarantee it. There is no doubt I would have either died through doing the drugs died at the hands of somebody else or died at my own hand i can guarantee it know it through my knower through my knower through my knower that what jesus christ can do for those that are lost if people get involved my salvation didn't come from reading the bible although reading the bible is an important part of being christian my salvation didn't come from sitting in this church i'd been to churches before i i i When I lived in Gympie, the speed capital of Australia and everything, I'd been to churches and I'd been pushed to the back because I didn't look the part. I'd seen the hypocrisy of of somebody sitting next to me and saying the words, peace be with you, and then going out into the world because at that stage I hadn't totally fallen apart, I had a business, and them trashing me. And I found how hollow those words were. I'm not criticising other churches, but I am criticising how people represent Jesus at times. And I criticise myself the same at times. Sometimes I just want to become unchristian for ten minutes and sort some stuff out with people. But apparently that's not one of the rules that we're allowed to live by. So my salvation didn't come from sitting in a church, although that was very much a part of it. I used to sit second row from the front. I was welcomed into this church by some beautiful people. I sat at a particular spot over time, Because when communion was given, half the church had to walk past me and I got a chance to say hello to everyone. That was just me. Bernie used to be preaching and I'd heckle. Apparently that's not really encouraged in church and uh, it does get paid back to me times. Sorry Bernie. Not sorry. Sometimes you've got to have a laugh in church. It can't all be so serious. We've got to enjoy life while we're doing the journey, guys. We can't be so serious. We can't be so focused on the end that we miss the now. We can't be so caught up in the yesterday that we're messing up tomorrow. We put it behind, live from it, learn from it. Man, I've made some mistakes, and the devil loves to throw them up into my mind. He loves to fill my head with bad memories. When I've got all these good memories... Since I became a Christian of lovely trips, a beautiful wife, the fact I went from being homeless to being able to buy a letterbox and the bank, buy the rest of the place for me. You know, it's a big own, own home. It's, it's, God is good. God is amazing. Joyce Meyer, one of my... She, I love Joyce Meyer. However, often say walks like a man, talks like a man. I just she, she cracks me up. I love her and I love her story because I can relate to it. She says, we can no sooner become a Christian by sitting in a church than we can become a car by sitting in a garage. That's for you, Eddie, at Ollie's Lager, It's so true. If you're just sitting in a church, you're not fulfilling what we're called to do. My salvation, we're back in that caravan park, didn't come from church, as I said, or the Bible. It came from a small group of people... Most of which had never encountered anything that I had gone through. They'd had some of them have had struggles. Some, um, some were, you know, had a good lives, good Christian upbringing, and things like that. They had none of that. But what they have had was the fact that they could love me anyway. It was a doctor, a mother, a wife, school teacher, nurse, businessman, office worker, a couple of dear old grandmothers, um, uh, Jean and Olga that used to be here, dear old grandmothers, coming into this hellhole of a caravan park and loving on people that were punching on in the background <laughs> or with a goon bag under their arm and loving on them. I love those people. They, the reason I'm a Christian is because of people who introduced me to Jesus Christ. What they, they didn't have any or very limited experience in where I was at and they, they if they were telling the story themselves, you know, they they turned up there with this other mob in a in a van, and the people that ran this van said, "Oh, you don't go out; you just serve people through the window." And Dave Jenner's like, "I'm not doing that. I'm going out, getting amongst it as Dave does. Amazing man of God." And and eventually this van stopped coming, but they kept coming for seven years, Friday nights providing meals and 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 a cup of coffee and a chat and a prayer if you're up for it, and they pick me up and bring me to church and things like that. What they had was hearts filled with the unconditional love of Jesus Christ and a willingness, take note of this, to step out of their comfort zone and be like Jesus. Then that's everything they needed. That's all the qualifications they needed to connect. We're called to preach the Gospels and whenever possible we should use words. So in other words, our actions speak before we do. Let people see Jesus. God uses different people to reach different people. God uses truck drivers to reach truck drivers, teachers to reach teachers, but he can also use us in areas where we have no expertise. I was saved by Jesus through people willing to step out of their comfort zones, non-judgmental. Sorry, I've lost the thong. In a non-judgmental way. I was embraced by a whole church that didn't come to Caravan Park, but the whole church had that same unconditional love that didn't push me to sit in the back because I didn't look right, didn't judge me, accepted me, befriended me. In it, when I was in a place where I wasn't, didn't think I was lovable, I didn't think I was likeable, I was lost. How do we do all this? We do it through John 13:34, Love one another as I have loved you. That's unconditionally. There's no conditionals on how we love people. One of my favourite stories out of the Bible is Jesus hugged the See, The Father's Table, for those that don't know, we provide Sunday lunch. We do a little church service, Friday night pizza in the park. Dave runs a men's group. We're just loving on the community. We have people turn up there that are, are down and out and broke, addicted or whatever. We have people turning up there driving flash cars because they're lonely. They might have all the money in the world, but that doesn't solve loneliness. We don't care how people are. One of the things we do up there really, really, really well is we hug people that are unhuggable. One of my favourite stories i said is Jesus hugged the leper. Why did he, when he touched the leper, why did he touch the leper? So many people he just said, by your faith you are healed. He rose people from the dead when he wasn't even in the same suburb because he just said by their faith. Why did he choose to touch the leper? It's because the, the leprosy was the skin deep problem. We've got a person who's been kicked out of society, frowned upon, probably had rocks thrown at them if they came near anyone. They were unloved, they were unclean, they were untouchable and more than anything else they needed to be healed inside. And how do you do that? You embrace people and hug people and love on people and be willing to touch people. It's 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 a powerful thing to be hugged. We hug at the father's table in if COVID safe way, obviously. We've had our shots. Um, we have to look and listen for opportunities. A couple of stories, you know, recently we were packing food, ha- uh, Christmas hampers, and while we were there, uh, we turned up with carloads of stuff. Dave, Julianne, Sue, and I, and there was one of our regulars from the park was up there, and she said, Look, God, can I give you a hand unloading? And there was somebody that we'd never met before, this guy, and he said, Can I give you a hand? And the next minute, they've joined in and started helping. And and before the time was up, you know, as we were walking out, we'd, we'd planned to go to lunch together, the four of us, and then we Julianne just said, hey, let's invite these guys, you know? And so we invited this guy that we'd never met before that was homeless to come down the Thai restaurant, and this woman and somebody else we know who regularly bounces in and out turned up, and we said, you come along too. And it was like, you know, the Seven Dwarfs off down the road, ho, 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 ho. We went down, so there they go. Back to the drugs. <laughs> the um, we we headed off and had lunch together and to see this person who was homeless and hungry to be shouted a meal, I'm not putting tickets on us, but it's having eyes to see and a willingness to do it. We do many things. We put people in motels sometimes. Some of the hardest things to do is to walk away from the park leaving somebody there homeless. We can't fix or do everyone. And sometimes we don't feel led to put somebody in a motel. But other times Jesus clearly says that one needs to have three nights in the motel down the road to have a shower and feel like a new, normal human being for a while. We do things like you know, maybe paying for rego on someone's car so they can get a job or we help people out with house repairs or bonds on houses and stuff like that. We're not a wealthy church but we're a giving church. God told me many many years ago you don't need great resources to do great things. You need to do great things with the resources you have. If he can trust you with a little, he'll trust you with a lot. I'm looking forward to the lot. That's going to be good. But as we walk in this journey and walk with people and walk with broken people, you're probably going to get disappointed. They might fall back. Be disappointed for them, not with them. Be ready to lift them up again. The last thing they need is another person frowning on them. Because last week they went toe-to-toe with you or or whatever. They're going through stuff. Fluff on them anyway. You might even get hurt. One of the most hurtful things that's happened to me at the Father's table uh, is some people that came and we found out they were... Again, we're not putting tickets on ourselves or myself or anything like that. This is just the things we do when we look for opportunities. They were homeless and... uh, having to go down to Gosford every few days for chemo. So we paid for all their fuel costs and then paid for repairs on their cars and helped them out with Red Joe. And we Never met these people before. and um, You know, helped them out with Bond to get in a house and, and things like that. And and then eventually, this, you know, did everything possible we could with these people over a period of time. And then the story got back to me that this one particular person was saying that I must be skimming off the church because I have a holiday in Thailand. Get a job and you can have one too, is what I felt like saying. The, 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 I don't know what place that came from and I'm sharing with you because I, I couldn't give a bugger what people say about me. If As long as it's not true, if it's a bad thing, it's okay. I'm sharing this story with you because broken people hurt people and you've got to be prepared for it. And if I had any issues with, with and, or guilt or anything, I wouldn't be talking to you about it now, but because I, I'd be hiding it. But God knows, and it, it, most people know our little church, I'd be lucky to get a bus ticket to Wai Wai with our offering bag. That hurt me. But we d- addressed it with the church and opened up the books and you know, explained how there's no way that that can happen. And, but then the story months later comes back from another church that they're now going, that they're spreading the same story. It's like, what the... We loved on you guys. We did everything. So you can get hurt, but that's okay. It's okay. But you're gonna have lots of successes too, hopefully. One of we've got i I've got so many stories of successes at the father's table, but I want to just point out one in particular, family that we'd known for a long time and uh, knew the mother and, and things like that and the second or third generation drugs, alcohol, welfare type thing, very Mental, unstable problems and stuff like that. And this son, this person's son started coming up to the father's table, and he was a big, tough, stand-up guy, and you know, boasted about how many times he's been in jail. I've always said to people, you you're both, if you've been in jail, have you worked out? You're not very good at it. If you're going to jail, it's not something to boast about. You need to change your career. If you're always getting caught, but he would, you know, stand up to people quite abusive. And that, but over time, we broke down the barriers. Over time. He, he started coming and helping and we were able to give back to him and, and encourage him and love on him. He calls us our family now. Not so long ago I performed him and his wife now wife's wedding for them. He couldn't believe that our church would put on and pay for and cover their whole wedding instead of a church service. We, we had a beautiful ceremony they wandered up in the park. He's working at getting his driver's licence now. He's become an awesome father to his two children, a wonderful husband to his wife. He's free of the drugs. He's gotten rid of all the the bad people in his life, mostly. It's a changed life, and that's come about through love. Don't stop helping. Be discerning. As I mentioned, sometimes you don't. People are running out of time, Jeff. Don't stop helping people just because the last one hurt you. But be discerning on who you help. You can't help everyone. Some people might take advantage. Once you know that's starting to happen, put a stop to it. We're not doormats. We can't help everyone. Some we haven't felt prompted to do. Always operate from the heart of Jesus. You're planting seeds. What's next is between them and Jesus. You may never know what happened to the seeds you planted, but our role is to plant them anyway. No matter where you live, what you do for work, what school you go to, what your resources are, there are opportunities to do good everywhere, you look. God's work. Giving or doing stuff which offers random kindness. Simple to remember. I want to finish just on this one thing. A devotional this morning, and the wife pointed out to me, so many devotionals come up this week on this subject, but this particularly hit home. Sometimes we who, who are saved may think we are too sanitary to share the good news with people who are lost in sin. Jesus calls us to search them out and to love and guide them to spiritual help as he did. It's easy to judge others who sin differently to we do. When we're all sinners. Don't try and think we're not. But what if we pray for people whose sin disgusts us? What if we love on people whose sin disgusts us? Love the, hate the sin, not the sinner. What if we show kindness to people who suffer from addictions, who are rebellious or whose political views differ from ours? Then we'll be getting our spiritual hands dirty. I'm telling you, people, get down and get dirty in a good way. Get amongst it, in Jesus' name. Amen.